Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to talk about the Chuck Clark trade today. So obviously Chuck Clark traded to the New York Jets for a seventh round pick. That trade expected to be effective just after the league year begins on March 15th. Uh, so it's, uh, there may or may not be some impact on that and how it affects the, the, the Lamar Jackson uh, tag number. So uh, uh, we also want to talk about what Chuck Clark has meant to this franchise in terms of, uh, of, of who he is. Uh, to me, this, this, this is some similarity of a past Ravens trade, which we'll probably get into. And here to talk with me about it is Jordan Coe of the Ravens Situation Room. Jordan, how you doing? Good, Ken. It's good to see you. Always a, always a pleasure. So uh, I, I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel about this. I love the Ravens safety group. I love the, the depth of the group and what it did for the team in, in 2022. And I hate to see it weakened in a significant way by losing the defensive signal caller. Yeah, you know, Chuck Clark had, had really become, I mean, what, he took every single snap on defense, I think, over the last three years or something remarkably mm-hmm. close to that. That's an incredible number for any player in the NFL. Um, you know, I think that one of the best assets that Joe Flacco had early on in his career is that he was available. He played in every single game. He was always there. He toughed through some pretty brutal injuries. And so when you've got a guy that you can kind of say he's going to be on the field for every single snap there, whether or not, whatever you think of that player, there, there's significant value in being able to just kind of check that box and know that that guy is there. Um, so, you know, I think, I think in that sense, it's a big loss, but at the same time, I really like the Ravens safety room, you know, even without Chuck Clark, I think the diversity of guys that they have, 
and the evolution of the direction that the NFL continues to take, which is these cover two shells, more of a passing um, safety, passing defense safety, as opposed to a run defense safety, um, makes this hurt a little bit less. Um, but again, you know, one or two injuries down the road, um, and all of a sudden it hurts really badly, where Chuck Clark was really stemmed that off. They certainly had those injuries occur in uh, in 2022 with the loss of, of Marcus Williams for a significant period of time. That hurt. And uh, and they were able, of course, to have Geno Stone available, which is is that additional depth the Ravens have. He's their third safety and uh, figures to get a lot more playing time. May figure to be a guy the Ravens try and uh, lock up even this offseason on a on a longer term team friendly deal as their third safety. Uh, not not the only thing I want to talk about. Why don't we come back to that? Put it, put that in the parking lot for a moment, as we say in these, in the meetings, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the other issues here uh, or some of the other, the, some of the other things Chuck Clark brought to the Ravens. So the 2019 season is when Clark first got the starting role and the uh, green dot. Uh, people may remember Patrick Owasso started the year with the green dot and, and that did not work out. And uh, uh, they moved it over to uh, um, Eric Weddle, and then he had it. And then I, I, I'm sorry, this is 2018. I'm thinking of, but anyway, in in uh, in 19, the green dot moved around, and uh, Clark got it in week five or six, I believe, with the Jefferson injury, and he's never given it up since. Uh, so it's uh, you know all the talk last year with. Hamilton being drafted 14th, that Clark would be coming in and uh, would be giving up the green dot. Uh, that did not come to fruition, and and I think the Ravens were better for it. They certainly put together a great defensive effort, particularly once they got their linebacker situation figured out uh, uh, about midseason. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be a Ravens conversation about defense if we weren't talking about who was wearing the green dot. <laughs> Always a hot topic of conversation, you know, here in Baltimore. But I think, you know, Clark was – Clark was known for kind of being a more cerebral player. He wasn't, you know, from from kind of his physical profile and perspective, like that's why he was a sixth round pick. And so part of what he brought to the table was being able to either a communicate um, with the rest of the team or b see things on the field um, that other people might not be seeing in those moments. And, um, you know, we had there, there were some bouts where there were some really bad stretches. I think, you know, you look at early on. Um, and you think about 2022, obviously injuries played a huge part in that, but, um, you know, having some communication issues, but by and large, the Ravens seemed to be pretty intact in terms of what their approach was and what they were trying to implement on defense. And it's, it's impossible not to give Chuck Clark some, some, or a lot of that credit in that process. Right. I, I, I very much credit Clark with that. And, and it, it, when I think back to 2019 and particularly the week two game against Arizona, where they almost lost at home, uh, to, to the Cardinals, there were so many breakdowns in the secondary that week. And and while we love Tony Jefferson and all he did for this team, um, he, he just wasn't getting it done in terms of having people in the right place. And in a lot of cases, being in the right place himself. And and the, the switch to Clark on the green dot just uh, made a huge difference in terms of uh, w- what went on. And uh, he from week four on, after week four, I should say, the Ravens, regenerated their defense in a way I've never seen a team do in season. And, and they, they, they went from a very mediocre defensive team to a very good one. And they, they, they obviously got the two inside linebackers swapped out. I, I, you know, I say they flushed the toilet at inside linebacker basically at mid season. And that's effectively what they did. They moved Owasso from a full-time Mike role to back to where it was much more useful in a platoon will role. And, you know, they got Josh Bynes, they got LJ Fort for, for having better, coverage those guys immediately were 
night and day in terms of their ability to detect what's going on between level two. They got new uh, guys at uh, at nose tackle. I think they brought in three new noses uh, during the season, but Pecco and Ellis were were two of the guys. And of course, they they traded for Marcus Peters with one of those linebackers in uh, in uh, Young to uh, and a fourth round pick to to really round out the group. But the 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 move that always gets forgotten in there is Chuck Clark taking over the green dot and having not only a great year at strong safety and as a signal caller, but he had the greatest year ever by a Ravens dime back that year. And that's where he played up in that will linebacker spot on about 42% of the plays. So I think if, if we forget what Chuck Clark brought this team and I'm seeing a whole lot of sour grapesy sounding talk on Twitter where you know, he wasn't that good. He's, you know, he's a, a, a he wanted to trade before. Um, yeah. I mean, he wanted to trade and the Ravens didn't trade him. And that tells you just about how valuable he was. Yeah, totally. I, I I think there's certainly look for both cap number and quality of player that you got in Chuck Clark. There's space for a guy like that on every single team. And so, you know, anybody like he wasn't the perfect safety. He wasn't a guy that was going to set the top of the market like Marcus Williams did. Um, and that wasn't ever the expectation of what you had from him. But for a guy with the cap number that he had, you know, for saving four million against the cap, he was giving you well surplus value in terms of what you were oh, paying yeah. him overall. And, you know, honestly, I think that there's a possibility the Ravens could have gotten more value than they did from the Jets in this trade. But this was a you're our guy, you know, we appreciate what you've done. Like, if you want to be traded, we'll trade you. If you want to be cut, we'll cut you. Like, where do you want to go? Is there a situation that you might want to be in? Um, and obviously with Joe Douglas's familiarity with the Ravens and, and probably communications that their team have with Clark and his agent, I think that's part of why this, this trade came together because a 2024 seventh round pick is for better or worse cutting a Nothing. guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it is effectively cutting him. And you know, we know we talked a little bit in the production meeting. There is about a, a a small financial impact in terms of the guaranteed twenty three salary that now goes to the Jets and doesn't stay with the Ravens. So that's a nice little bonus for it from the Ravens. But I look at this trade very similarly to the trade of Anquan Bolden after the two thousand twelve Super Bowl, and they effectively were going to have to cut Bolden to make room for Flacco. And they uh, in, in instead traded him for for a sixth round pick, which was just getting salvage value out of that trade. And that's all they're doing here with Clark. And there's a little bit of salvage um, cap value as well. They they harvest from it, uh, but it's but it's not a this is not a reasonable trade speci- specifically for the value for quality of player that they're that they're doing. I think from that perspective, the you know the Ravens clearly lost the trade, but they had to do it for other financial reasons. I do think it's interesting that Clark potentially did not want to get cut. I think we've heard that the safety market is deep this year. You know, Bates at, at Al are all available. It's supposed to be a deep safety draft. So perhaps that's why he didn't want to be cut. But I would have to think that just for pure market value, he could have made more money um, as a free agent heading into this year. Now, obviously, if he plays well with the Jets this upcoming year, he'll have another crack at that nut. But um it just felt like he could have made more than what his cap number um, was overall and potentially kind of taking that that last guaranteed check home. So he either, you know, I, I again, I, I do believe that the Ravens and Clark kind of came to this decision together. Um, and the Ravens are known as a team that does those kind of things. You look at Hollywood Brown, that was a trade that he requested. The Ravens worked really hard to kind of meet his standards. Same thing with Orlando Brown. Um, you know, we've heard historically that the Ravens do try and treat their players right from that perspective. So in that sense, hopefully Clark is leaving, you know, as a happy guy in terms of 
maybe not happy about his role and what happened with the team, but how the Ravens treated him. I, I tremendously valued here, certainly by the team, at least by the fans in terms of, uh, of, uh, if maybe I should say, if not by the fans, because there Clark has his detractors here, but I, I just don't think it's, it's a particularly fair analysis uh, to, to call Chuck Clark, any kind of a weak link on this defense. He's a, uh, you know, very strong downhill player during his time here really understood zone defense. And we see Clark up in the dime position and how different he is or Levine for that matter, the year before uh, were in terms of what they gave you in terms of pass coverage in that, in that short zone. Uh, very effective. Uh, run fits were terrific. Tony Jefferson came to the Ravens with that reputation. I think Clark was every bit the player. And when you look at his tackles, a very high percentage of them for a safety are defensive wins. So that means he's coming downhill, making plays around the line of scrimmage before the um, the yards are greater than the yards per game needed to make it a defensive loss. And so it's you know typically they are short tackles. Those are much more valuable than the ones made on the back end that just save a save a touchdown. As strange as this is to say, twenty five yards from the line of scrimmage. If you're in coverage and you make a tackle on your assignment, not a good thing. You don't want your cornerbacks, for example, leading the leading the team in coverage. But Chuck Clark did a lot of things very well, and and I, I for one am very sorry to see him go. Yeah, me too. I, I would have loved to see there. I there was a time where. Tyus Bowser was early in his career and Chuck Clark obviously was a little bit as well that I would have loved to see them get cracks at the inside linebacker position um, in a more regular rotation or even more permanently, both of them with the kind of awareness and ability to defend the pass, but bring you something else, but do still play downhill, um, you know, as tacklers. And so, you know, it's too bad that we didn't get to see them in, in a role like that, but but that is where the league is evolving to. And perhaps Clark plays a bit more of that kind of role um, for the Jets as well. Definitely a possibility, and and he's the kind of player uh, because he's so beloved here that I, I I don't I don't think there's I think there'd be a chance he'd come back to the Ravens at some point and and be probably in his second iteration with the Ravens he's a pure dime, but uh, you know I, I think he's also a a poster child for a team friendly deal and I I think in this case it really did work out for both groups I think the Ravens certainly got value from Clark on that cheap deal they signed him to after three years. And I think Clark got the security that you don't always get at safety. I mean, he, he could have ended up somewhere if he loses his job at some point. You're 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 all of a sudden you're you're fodder to be cut. Uh, so I think he got a he 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 may not have maximized the dollars, but he certainly got good security. He insured his dollars very well. Uh, you know, we, we just in a, at a point right now where we don't know where Lamar J- Jackson's contract is going in, and the whole the whole issue is about whether or not the the dollars the Ravens give him the contract are guaranteed or not. Well, Clark effectively, you know, got a contract structure that fairly well ensured he was going to get paid for that entire time. And um, very fortunate, very fortunate for both sides that that worked out. All right. If, if you look at Chuck Clark, what are weaknesses that that you pull out of his game? I, well, he, he wasn't an exceptional kind of second half of a, a cover two shell. Um, his speed and range were not necessarily, especially going backwards, what you might want to see from him. I think, again, flowing downhill, his ability to, to defend guys in man or in a matchup zone was pretty impressive. I mean, his ability to take away tight ends was good. But when you when you needed that matchup, like Kyle Hamilton's ability to play against a slot wide receiver, for example, was something that 
that Clark that was that was the area of weakness I think that Clark brought to the game and and Hamilton brings a bit more speed um you know to to his game as well that that was missing I think outside of I think that was the one thing that had that held Chuck Clark away from being an exceptional player because he was a very much right place right time kind of player um he had solid hands for a safety overall we've all seen you know, a handful of interceptions from him in his career, um, some that were really exceptional. So I, I think it, if he had that that secondary range to his game, um, I think he's a guy that wouldn't be leaving um, and and would still be around and probably have a much longer career in the NFL. Yeah, you're you're you're. I think you're hitting on an interesting point here because I I personally wouldn't say it's speed. Like I look at Hamilton, I think Clark wins a foot race against Hamilton. I I, I, I Hamilton's a four seven guy. Clark's 454 when he was originally drafted. So it'd be close, you know, after years in the league like this. I think the big difference was was instincts right from the point uh, the, that the that the ball is thrown or going to be thrown. Hamilton's just remarkable in in that respect. And and he's he's probably ahead of Clark as cerebral as Clark is as a player. Um the the other thing that uh that is not ideal about Clark's game, he doesn't have quite the same bracketing skills, awareness, willingness to gamble. It's a, it's a combination of things that a Geno Stone has or a Marcus Williams has, certainly, in terms of, of the willingness to be three to five yards behind that cornerback slash wide receiver and really be looking for the, the combination of the overthrows and the tips that can really lead to those high turnover numbers. Great second man to the ball skills, not great at figuring out how to be the first guy to touch the ball or, or, or to how to recover the tip. I think the only disagreement I would have is that Kyle Hamilton's game tape speed defies much, much, yes. much faster yes. than four, seven. And Instance. I think if, in, a, in a triangulated foot race to make a tackle, Kyle Hamilton is going to smoke Chuck Clark over the course of like 30 or 40 yards um, in a game. But you know, I, I agree about kind of the instincts and in those pieces. I agree that that Clark wasn't a great bracketer overall. I think like being, being the main cover guy, he was better than being the bracketer um, from what we saw. And so, you know, his contract, re again, reflected kind of what his game was, what he brought to the team. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, for a guy that's departing, you know, there, there's there are certainly holes in his game. But there, like we were saying earlier, a lot of a lot of value to be had. And I think he's going to I think I think he's going to have a good year. He will fit in well with that Jets defense, I think, overall, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 if you had Chuck Clark to your defense, even if it's just a change for a couple of years or even maybe one year, he's got to bring you things, got to bring you uh, ways of doing things that I think will improve their team. Uh, he may even groom their next strong safety in terms of, of, uh, of what's going on. Yeah. One of the things I did want to look back on, and we'll talk about the 2023 Ravens in a moment, is just this is another very classic Ozzie Newsome selection. Uh, a sixth round pick who's a safety. When you see that, I, I think great dime back or sixth round or later in it. And the, the list now is very impressive. Ralph Staten, Corey Harris was a cheap free agent, so not exactly the same, but but similar. Anthony Mitchell, UDFA, Chad Williams in the sixth round, Jerome Sapp in the seventh round originally, Huriki Nakamura, sixth round, Anthony Levine, UDFA actually picked up off somebody else's roster. Um, but still, that group of players... And being able to 
project say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Direct those guys into both core special teams roles, which Clark had for a good long time, and then also into a into a dime role at some point in their career has been a remarkable capability of Ozzy, and it's something that's helped the Ravens save a lot of money against the cap uh, and also in draft capital to 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 find these guys as late as they have. Clark fits in the in exactly, except now he's probably the best of that entire group. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the assessment overall. And, you know, they're they're The Ravens have extracted enough value out of those late round picks and those UDFAs and their ability to kind of squeeze some value out of those positions. And at the end of the day, it makes up it makes up a big a big chunk to be able to have a guy like Clark that's coming in and playing as many snaps that he, that he did from that position alone. Um, it's just it, it carries its own value because whether you're rotating guys, you're, you're rotating roster spots, it creates other opportunities where you know you have guarantees from a certain player. Um, it's very the Ravens way kind of approach to to what they what he was and what they got out of him and, and taking a cerebral player that, you know, wasn't wasn't really on a lot of radars, I'd say, you know, at the time of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, letting him grow, letting him develop, giving him the opportunity and, and having him seize that, um, you know, very classic Ravens. Yeah. Well, let's look ahead to 2023, because obviously this uh, this will impact the team coming up this season. That's what a lot of people I think are are interested in right now, uh, more than likely. And one of the reasons that I'm actually not completely sanguine with this move and the Ravens will pick up another safety, I'm you know, that you can be sure of is the, is the fact that. Uh, they're depending on the safety group to cover for an enormous hole right now at slot corner. And Kyle Hamilton played so well there to, to immediately yank him out of that role is not ideal for the team. At least the team has to be prepared to go back to it. If anything happens, their new slot corner doesn't work out. Whoever they pick up in, in free agency, in the draft, wherever it might be, isn't really ready for the role then uh, you know they've got to be ready for Kyle Hamilton to move back there. And I, I, I don't know what the team is really thinking in, in, in those terms, whether Hamilton will move to be the full-time sl- uh, strong safety or whether they'll start the season with him uh, still as the slot corner. I, I think they can make some decisions to move it around a bit there. I, 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 am, 
I am not opposed to a Marcus Williams, Geno Stone kind of safety tandem um, and letting Hamilton be in the slot when you need him to be. I think that if you're going to keep Queen um, and Smith on the field as much as they are, that you have some expectation that you're going to be able to stop the run with those guys. Um, and so having a lighter safety in those situations is going to behoove you and having two pass defense first minded safeties is going to be an advantage against teams like Cincinnati, Kansas city and others who are going to be much more inclined. Buffalo are going to be much more inclined to run the ball or to throw the ball instead of run the ball. Um, you might as well either try and force them to try and run the ball against you um, or, you know, maximize your ability from a passive defense perspective. Um, you know, that or, you know, Brandon Stevens injury late in the season, I think was a little underplayed. Um, they missed him overall and the ability to slide Humphrey inside once once they lost Stevens. It was at the tail end of the season, but I, I think it gives you some options there. Um, and then, you know, obviously with Pepe Williams um, and Jalen Jalen Armour Davis already on the roster, you know, you hope to see some progress and growth from either of those guys. Um that's not, you know, it's not a terrible room, but that again, there's still an assumption that you're bringing another corner in. So whether that's bringing Marcus Peters back to allow some of those guys to be like Humphrey to slide into on some of those slot snaps, et cetera. Um, the Ravens are definitively short a corner right now. Um, um, I mean, I kind of look at it as they're short two corners if they've made a decision to move Hamilton out of slot. So I mean, the, the, your corner room is really three guys. It's not two. It was two in the 1970s. It's three now with with everybody playing 11 personnel and all the slot corner snaps as a percentage of the total. So uh, Hamilton's role as the slot corner is critical to the Ravens. Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams were so bad in the rookie years. It's not like Anthony Averett, who was good enough in 65 snaps that you say, hmm, I could, we could see some value there. These guys were, were burnt so regularly. Uh, you know, they've, they've got to really figure it out. They, they, they've they've got a. They, I'm not even sure both those guys make the team this next year. I think it's likely, but it's it's not a sure thing. Um, the Ravens will be looking for for other corners uh, certainly, and uh, I think still corner is the most likely first round pick for this team. When is I? The Ravens have very rarely cut guys the second year after they were drafted. Rarely. Though I think Kafu, Brandon Kafusi might be one of them. I can't remember a lot of instances where. They've departed from that value, and with a fewer number of picks, I, I, um, I don't see it. Um, you know, in terms of that, but but Brandon Stevens being the X factor there, right? Because if Mark, if you do bring another cornerback, right, and Brandon Stevens, I thought played much better last year than he did the year before that. Even if the, there is a small modicum of growth in terms of what you might get out of him, um, that might that might be. I mean, again, sans injury, that might be enough, but injuries and adjustments accordingly. You know, then you move Kyle Hamilton into the slot, you know, between Stone, Hamilton um, and Williams. That's a pretty good safety combo of three guys to to at least start with. And so maybe you are bringing in a dime back kind of guy that's similar to Levine or Chuck Clark that's out there mm-hmm. and available in free agency to kind of cover that as well. And, and you know, maybe that's a guy like Tony Jefferson, as an example, uh, that can come in and take on a role like that, who is also offered to. Um, I think his agent and him are both spreading the word that he's willing to play a little bit more inside linebacker, being flexible about what that position looks like. And mm-hmm. there are guys that are similar to Tony Jefferson out there, I think, um, you know, that could come in and fill that Clark spot if needed. Yeah, Jefferson would be an excellent, excellent choice. And and what's interesting about the Ravens safety room now with the with the big three is they're all potentially free safeties, every, every single one of them. 
And I tell you, almost no team has this problem. I put in air quotes. It's a fantastic problem to have. Most teams have the problem of no free safety, and they have two guys, and they talk about the flexibility of their safeties. And you've heard me talk about this on the show before, but it's all BS. It means they have no ball hawk. Well, the Ravens right now have three guys who look like they're legitimate ball hawks who can play the back end. Uh, they've got Hamilton, who can do a hell of a lot more than that in terms of being a pass rusher, playing the run well, being a great tackler, short zone player. He'd be whatever they need. But it's it's interesting. They have three guys who could play free safety, and you know, including one of the better ones in the league in Marcus Williams. And they are... You know, they give away their one strong safety for for effectively nothing. And I say give away, I'm I'm coloring it a little bit there, but but it is the replaceable position of the two. And if if they're going out and look at the market for a strong safety, it's a lot like trying to find your slot corner as opposed to your aircraft carrier size outside corners. Those guys, the size and shape guys to play on the outside corner are rare. The the inside guys who can play the slot, they're the entire other bucket of corners who don't quite meet the physical needs on the outside and there's a lot of good players in there and you have a lot to choose from so i think in a lot of ways at least the ravens are starting with the right problem i'd like for them to have another big outside corner uh to to really make their secondary the best in the most important places but other than that i'm i'm still pretty happy about what the ravens have well, if they could trade the chuck clark dollars and flip that into a team-friendly marcus um, Peter's type deal. I, I would think that that would be a really great reallocation mm-hmm. of those cap dollars. I think the other thing that I'd say is that Marcus Williams can play single high by himself effectively, even in this NFL. There, there are there aren't a lot of guys that can play that single yeah. high in that role on their own, but he is one of those guys. And so, if you need to just slide Hamilton down in those situations without subbing and let him cover the third corner and let Williams be in a single high situation, and you get deeper drops from Roquan and Queen. Um, you know, that's not a completely unreasonable expectation for what you might be able to get out of this team. So Mike McDonald's going to have some interesting options in front of him, I think. Yeah, that's a good reaction. That's a good um, way the Ravens can react to 12 personnel. If if 12 personnel is on the field, having having a base defense that includes Kyle Hamilton and and Williams is very strong um, in, in terms of the ability to 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 cover a split tight end. Um I still don't, I don't think it's the ideal. It, well, n- there's never a case where a base defense is the ideal answer for 11 personnel. It does still happen a little bit in the NFL, but it's not very common. When the when the team the other team goes to 11, you're you're forced into the nickel, and you you you're you know forced to put a slot corner on the field. And so it, whether whether that's Hamilton moving down and Stone coming in the game, which is certainly a possibility, they have to find another way to get that one extra defensive back on the field. I think versus a, a faster lineup like that. Um, I I guess I think that I still think the biggest way in which the Raven, this impacts the Ravens is at slot corner and not at safety. So you know you, you've you brought up a lot of names and and frankly they're guys who each one of them to me is a lottery ticket at this point. You're you're probably right that the two fourth round picks are not going to get cut from last year, but they're both lottery tickets in terms of are they actually going to work out? You know neither of them uh is it isn't is an obvious this is going to be this is going to be fine i thought peppy williams very early in the season looked like he might be that guy like like he he was the the guy who was really ready jalen armor davis does not or did not anyway in 2022 um stevens has had a lot of on-field problems but he did play better 
in the in the back half of the year. So he'd be a guy who who I think has a chance. And I think the big key with him is going to be keeping him at one position. So I, I, I don't know where you are on this, but I don't I really don't want to see Stevens back at either slot corner or on the back end playing any any safety or strong safety, whatever it might be. Agreed. I, I I like him as a potential corner that that comes in and pushes Humphrey into the slot if you need to. I think the other thing to think about though is whether the Ravens will play that nickel as a two four six, right, uh, or some version of kind of two, wait four, wait six. two four six, uh two four That's five twelve. That would be great if we get away with <laughs> two four six would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, taking taking the defensive lineman off the field for that for the other safety as opposed to taking Patrick Queen off the field. You still get the two edge guys in that process, but you keep Roquan and Queen on the field. Hamilton can come down and play in the slot, and Stone would come onto the field. I, you know, I, I don't think the Ravens are going to have a ton of defensive linemen overall, and it, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with that. It looks like Michael Pierce is probably um, going to be cut just because of the cap and numbers game overall. Um, as you narrow the number of defensive line, you, th- you think he's going to stay? I, I hope he does. I mean, I think he he really provides the Ravens with something, and and I don't think we got the most out of uh, uh, Jones, Travis Jones, this last year, based primarily on the fact that he didn't get a lot of chance at the three. Yeah, it it'll be. I, I don't know. I think that that will be interesting, but I, I think that you'll see the Ravens in a lot more of a two four five style defense where. I think the Ravens, if Patrick Queen stays, and I guess that's the interesting question as to whether or not they trade Patrick Queen. But if Patrick Queen stays, I think the Ravens really like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen on the field together. For 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 better or for worse, um, they think that there's value in in staying in that package when they can. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I completely agree with you that it looks like the Ravens are a committed nickel team in terms of the when it is a passing down, it will be a nickel assuming queen and Roquan are still here and you know, it does provide an additional opportunity obviously for a safety if they're going to go to, to, to play dime, but the, the, okay, let's, let's put it this way. You call it four, two, five, two, four, five. Cause you, you, it's done. It's, it's, it's called both things. But if you have six set piece players and you have five in the secondary, you always have the choice to, to have three safeties or three corners in that. And the Ravens last year found that the three, the three safety look was very useful because Effectively, they just turned Hamilton into a slot corner. I, I think that they uh, their move with Clark takes the, the the percentage of the time that they will use that naturally down, and 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 it, it comes in two forms. One is that I just don't think they'll start the season that way. I think they want to move Hamilton to his ultimate position right now, whatever that is, um, and not turn him into a jack of all trades. Even though Teron Matthew, for example, had great success doing that uh, the other possibility is injury and if anything were to happen to any of those guys williams stone or hamilton they're obviously down to to playing two safeties on the back end in the regular role and they have to actually find a slot corner so the decision my point is decision will be made for them in terms of how they align three safeties or three corners after the first few weeks of the season yeah i, I mean i obviously injury plays a huge part in that they're going to need to bring another safety that they trust into the fold and so whether or not they get a regular role in that i would love to see hamilton continue to stay in i i, I mean troy palomalo is a good example of another state strong safety that could come in and do a lot of different things but still be effective in that role and mm-hmm. and really wreak havoc within the context of the defense i don't think that Kyle Hamilton brings quite the same athleticism that Palomalo did, but I think that you can do some of the same things with him um, and still be effective in a variety of kind of your base or like small sub packages. 
All right. Well, uh, great talking about this with you. Anything else we didn't hit on maybe about how this will affect the 23 Ravens or, or say I wish Chuck Clark the best, you know, not every player that, that leaves the team. Do you necessarily do that for, but, uh, but Chuck is a, was a terrific Raven and uh, great in the clubhouse, got the Walter Platon man of the year nomination. Uh, always these things are worth, worth mentioning. Certainly in addition to being just a great football player, uh, some of he's the one who had some of the confrontations with Earl Thomas that led to his exit. And I think that has proved to be a very good move for the Ravens uh, since then by what's happened both, both on the field and off the field. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I totally agree with that. And look, the, all the oxygen, it's nice to be able to talk about a different piece of kind of what the Ravens are going to look like and how they're going to approach it. All the oxygen in the room is obviously going towards Lamar and what's going to happen with him. And, and this is part of that, quite frankly. You know, the, the Ravens' ability to make a decision here was kind of in some ways taken a bit out of their hands overall, that they were going to need this cap space one way or the other. Um, and so, um, you know, it, it, but it's nice to be able to kind of talk about the other side of that and not get not get pulled into the vortex that is uh, Lamar Jackson and what's going on with him right now. Yeah, oh, that's a that's a whole nother, whole nother can of worms. So we'll save that for another show. Jordan, always fantastic talking football with you. Uh, you do a great show that's on filmstudybaltimore.com at the Ravens Situation Room. Uh, you do it with Gabe Fergie. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we we come on on Sundays. We try and get on there right after the game, um, a few hours after the game, post a couple of clips that we see from the broadcast, break down a few plays and uh, what we're seeing from kind of the strategic approach and impact plays from the Ravens on both sides of the ball. All right. Outstanding. And you're at Ravens sit room on Twitter. Uh, give, the, give those guys a follow. If you're not, if you're not doing it and a lot of people are not at Ravens sit room and at Gabe Fergie, two great football follows, definitely worth uh, uh, latching onto on Twitter and getting in, in the conversation that way. Uh, thanks again for coming on other folks out there. If you'd like to do a, that one play, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're, they're always open. Uh, somebody got one today that was, that had not been taken yet. And that was Dilfer to Stokely for the first touchdown in the Super Bowl in, in Super Bowl 35. So that's the sort of play that's still out there. You can find a good one for yourself. Uh, anyway, love to hear from you. I'll get back to you very quickly. Jordan, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on film study. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.